now. Today is Saturday the 24th, 2015. This is an interview with Needle Ace Young in Portland, Oregon by Nick Perkel. Starting things off, can you state your name, the position you play, and how long you've each been in the band Needle Ace Young? Pass it around. I do uh, bass and backup vocals, and I've been around since the punk and the punk starting on the band. Which was one? 2005. I go by Eric Invocator, and I'm the vocalist and uh, seven string guitarist. Uh, it's McKinsey, I do drums, and also on this venture, uh, unfortunately, we couldn't bring our other new guitar player, uh, but. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to be with us for the remainder of the year after the States. So. What's uh, your other guitar player's name? Uh, it goes by uh, A. Eversa. Eversa. Mm, cool. we, we just added him, like, uh, he just joined the group like three or four months ago. So we're still, like, sorting a couple things out. He's a permanent member of that as well. Thank you. Now, what was the story of your band, or of how your band Needle formed? I mean, we were just, at the beginning, it was like just passion for metal in general, you know, but throughout the years it took form, you know, and it probably took us a, a while to get things a little bit more serious, especially after the demos, but eventually we realized that we had to find some sort of direction with the band, and we found it in a very, like, in a spiritual way, eventually, and the spiritual context became very important, that's what basically grounds the band right now. I guess we were trying to figure out for uh, many years what we wanted to do and then slowly, slowly we started forming, started, we found a fire within us, some clarity and then we realized what we wanted to do with the band after a few years. Uh, okay. Uh, very good. <laughs> okay, now for your song, For Thee of the Nine Moons, can you tell me about what you are singing about? I think uh, you know a little bit more about that. Yeah, you wrote the lyrics. I wrote uh, most of the lyrics for that song, and uh, for the year of the nine moons refers to uh, old uh, Mesoamerican tradition, uh, and it goes back to uh, these rituals that were done over the course of uh, nine moons or nine nights. Uh, at the end of these rituals, <coughs> the the main focus was to evoke. Uh, you, you could say like demons or uh, creatures from the from their underworld. So it's pretty much a, a conjuring of demons that takes place over uh, nine moons. And if you read the lyrics, it goes in depth into like, uh, you know, what's done in the, these rituals, uh, some of the emotions conjured and stuff like that. Thank you very much. With your music video for Fires of Death's Arcanium, can you tell me where it was filmed, like, how many people were on the production team, and what you guys did to give it like an especially sensitive vibe? We had another member at the time, which is a brother of ours still, and um, it was done at a rehearsal spot. We basically like transformed the place, and um, there was probably two other people that worked with us, yeah. besides the band members. The film crew. Film crew, besides the band, and it was kept private. Um, the video basically just 
offers a vision of what the, the, the lyrics are about, which is basically the transcendence through death, you know, communication with death and uh, being reborn through death in a spiritual context. Wait, but also it kind of gives visuals, um, the lyrics talk about it being ritualized, like um, in a ritual context, so you kind of get some visuals of that in the video, and then the outcome at the end where the fire it consumes individual. Would you like to say anything? Well, I guess the only extra thing uh, we could uh, add to the that production of that video is uh, a lot of people have mentioned, uh, have talked to us and said that it looks like look very expensive, it looks like very high budget, but uh, that video is a reflection of how we operate as well. Uh, we always, I mean, you know, we, we're always growing, but we always have like with a lot of things we do, like DIY mentality, so that's why it only took, you know, a team of two people to film and we are like, you know, that, that video is also a reflection of how we operate a lot of things, like very hands-on, very DIY, like everything uh, that's in that video is born out of, you know, us and a lot of the things in that video were made by us, you know what I'm saying? The video also, every, every, every part of the video basically reflects a ritualistic view of the song. So, when um, the, main, the main person in the, in the ritual, he's going through what the song is talking about. It's a reflection of what he's going through. Okay, thank you. Now, uh, can you tell me about some of the uh, new compositions you guys have been working on in recent days? We actually have a, a CD in the works right now, which will be released at the end of next month, and it's, uh, it will consist of three tracks. Uh, one of them being a cover of Absu, called Descent to Akron, and the other ones will be originals. Tell me about the other two songs. One of the tracks is called uh, Illumination Transformation. It's a two-parter of like finding enlightenment within um, within occult practices. There you go. And the other one is to rebel in the devil's fever. Got anything to say about that? You wrote the lyrics The the one of the songs is called to rebel in the devil's fever, and that song was a very personal song for me, and. It, um, it goes into the experience you go through when you communicate with the devil and when you experience the devil and its full potential in a, in a ritual and in life in general, when you let him take charge, when you experience his, his power in, in an everyday basis. So I, that's all I can say. Yeah. You know. Would anybody else have anything to say about this one? Yeah, the, the release, it's a three-song uh, EP, I guess you could say, and it's called uh, Beckoning Night's Blaze. So I guess you could say it's, um, you're calling like the fires of the night, or in, in other words, I, you can explain it many yes. different ways, I mean, everybody can find their own uh, interpretation of it. Excellent. Yeah. And then, uh, just to add to that, um, since we're making it, you know, it's, it's such a, you know, limited number of tracks on there. And the other reason we're doing it is, is um, it kind of serves as a preview for the full length as well. And <clears throat> if all goes to plan, hopefully late this year, early next year, it'll either be in the works or it'll be out. But, uh, yep. you know, these songs that we worked on, it's the same batch of songs we've been working on for the full length. So people could expect 
something along these lines of these tracks, you know, to be on the full length. Now, um, on what kind of formats will this upcoming these upcoming releases be on, and will they be uh, pressed by any labels? It will be independently released, and so far, CD is all we're looking at right now. But okay. the possibilities are there, you know, for later, maybe a vinyl, perhaps. What about a cassette? That's that's also in yeah. there as well. Like, uh, for me, I think CD is where it's at. I mean, uh, vinyl and cassette, I think it's kind of more for novelty nowadays. Yeah. So if we were to press that, it would be more for, like, collectible kind of a thing. You know, for, we're, we want to get it out to as many people as we possibly yeah. can, you know, try to get as much attention as possible. So I guess if we kept it simple with just a CD, it would kind of help, help out, you know, just keep it basic, yeah. you know, try to throw it out there as much as possible. Excellent. Now, um, can you tell me how long your fanzine, The Beyond, has been going on for? What bands and topics you typically cover in uh, your zine? We'll do this one and then. Um, I can't actually remember when I started the, the year or whatever, but... Um, six, six, eight, six, seven years. Yeah, because it hasn't been like too consistent, but the, the vision behind The Beyond fanzine was always to make a zine that revolved around things that, you know, most scenes don't cover, you know, and bands that, like, dwell into, like, deeper subjects and more occult subjects. And uh, throughout time, it became more than just music, because the occult is a big world, you know, and you can find it in, uh, in art, you can find it in you know, music, you can find it in paintings and anything. So, the goal was to just cover spirituality, the dark aspects of spirituality, and put it on ink and, you know, for people to read, you know, and expose it, you know. And, you know, like he said, we like to focus on bands that, you know, aside from, you know, musically being talented, of course, you know, there's that extra, you know, thing to them, and that's genuine, you know, uh, when it comes to spirituality, whether it be, you know, a lot of the bands that we, we interview, they go in things like uh, theistic Satanism, um, you know, different types of magical practices. So, you know, we've had the chance to do interviews with such bands as like, you know, Batain and Apsu, Necros Cristos, and you know, the, the list goes on. But it's, uh, it's a lot of bands that generally, you know, dwell in their music as, you know, as well as into their spiritual practices. Thank you. Um, when do you imagine um, the next volume of the zine to be issued. I can't give you a, a date or anything like that yes. because it hasn't even been begun yet. Okay. But there'll definitely be another one, for sure. You think by 2016, the end of? Maybe before. Okay. <laughs> Anyone else have anything to add? Uh, as far as a, as far as the zine goes. Um, like we said, like the occult world goes into more, you know, bands obviously are one thing, but it, it's a very big world. So along with the future release, you know, we, we plan to interview not just bands, but like, like you said, people who do occult artwork, uh, writers of occult literature, and, you know, whoever else we can find that has like that genuine spark within, you know, this culture. Now, what have been some zines that you guys have found yourselves in? Um, I guess in the West Coast scene. That's the last one. 
the Sinister Flame. Sinister Flame, but that's from Finland actually. Mm. And they did a review on us, which was a very great review. And I uh, stayed in touch with the Sinister Flame. Um, so far, it's been still, I mean, we, there's been trades and things like that, mm. but nice. us featured in, in, in one video, it's that one. Okay. Thank you. Much appreciated. Now, um, uh, I guess, what are some good places for new musicians to play on the West Coast to avoid pay-to-play clubs? Um, well, for us, a place and a promoter that's, you know, pretty much the real deal, like no bullshit, is uh, he's out from the LA area, uh, Chris Haywarn. He does a lot of shows based out of the, the Black Castle where, you know, early on we had to deal with, you know, shit venues and shit promoters, but, you know, once we started getting booked at the Black Castle, I mean, that's where you found a lot of bands that couldn't get a break, you know, playing with, you know, big death metal, black metal bands. And, you know, that, that place has always been like a very genuine place. And, you know, now they're adding a, an addition to that venue, which is uh, the Catacombs. And, you know, there's, you know, maybe a venue here, a venue there that might be good, but if anything stands out out of anything in like LA and Orange County area where we're from, it's definitely the Black Castle. Thank you. Now, would any of you like to go back to any questions previously yeah, said there, there was or add something? There was one right there that said, um, yeah. how were we able to achieve um, the atmosphere in the video? Yeah. And I think uh, the reason for that is because since we did it in our, uh, our rehearsal spot, it was our spot, we keep all of our things there, you know, we covered it all, painted it. So we kind of felt at home and we felt relaxed. And, you know, we were able to uh, express our emotions, mm -hmm. you know, so I guess that's why it was a more genuine, it comes through in the video, because we were in a place where we were at home, basically, in our studio. Thank you. Final words. I guess my final word is, uh, we're trying to bring uh, some attitude to extreme music, you know, um, good musicians are everywhere, you know, it's... Uh, but I think not everybody has the attitude that a lot of bands used to have. You know, a fuck you attitude, and I don't know if I can cuss on this, but, you know, just show more more emotion, less, less robotic, you know. It, it's good when bands are, you know, technically profound, obviously it's, but, you know, I think there needs to be a little bit more, like, emotion, more push, more passion. You know, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of bands out there, but I think we need to see more of it. You know, I think that would help extreme music. If there was more passion in it. Um, I have some more. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, the only thing, uh, and it's also in regards what he was saying is about attitude. And I think the thing that fuels us is that we don't ignore the fact that we know that we're playing the devil's music. I think uh, a lot of bands, um, you know, whether it be a gimmick band or, you know, something just not genuine I think they try to ignore the fact that you know this music whether it be even from when Elvis was you know people thought he was the devil to Gigi Allen to you know you know bands murdering each other like in Norway <laughs> you know but in in all seriousness I, I do think you know and we all think uh, you know we know that this is the devil's music and we 
we proudly play, you know, this music and it goes beyond music, like we said. This band's like uh, covered in a lot of different things, like you know how we dwell in like a lot of things in the cold, like we did the zine, and it's all connected. So I think that's the one of the main drives that you know we have. Another drive in the band as well is we're not evangelists. We're not people that are gonna be preaching. Oh, you need to believe in this or anything like that. But we're not gonna deny that. We hope to awaken something in people. When they read the lyrics, when they see our show, when they, um, when they speak with us, to awaken that flame inside, you know? And that is a goal, you know? That is, that is, that is actually a goal in, in the band, even though it had, it, we, don't, we might not say it, and it's not in an evangelist way, because I think people should believe in whatever they want, but that, I, I want that to be clear as well. You know, and like he said, like, it's kind of give more of a fuck you attitude. Not not just the band, but also people when they when they approach freedom mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Thank you. Today is Saturday, January twenty fourth, twenty fifteen. This has been an interview with Milo Lacion in Portland, Oregon, and Nick Perkett.